All right, welcome back to the big program. A couple of other notes this morning. Uh, It appears Canadian soccer star and Edmontonian Alfonso Davies has reached a verbal agreement to join Real Madrid. We will speak with Arash Madani on that subject coming up at 9.20. Before that, time now for On The Mark. Powered by Booster Juice, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy as we welcome in Mark Spector to the big program. Good morning, Speck. You know, I really just, I love that text you sent out, not a text, a tweet or whatever, about how you just love it when these teams from California come up here. <laughs> and it's just, it's just miserable out there. <laughs> you know. We got to live in this stuff. I like to see the boys from Vegas or San Jose or LA come in here and just get a little taste of it. Remind them where they all came from here. Because they're hockey players. So mm-hmm. They all grew up in some version of this thing. So good for us and good for them. But they do <laughs> get soft. They get soft oh, played yeah. in those markets. You bet they do. Listen, yeah. I'm a snow guy. This is awesome. <laughs> this is by far the most snow we've had this winter. Yeah. And uh, I, listen, everybody knows we need the moisture and all that stuff. The ski hills have been getting crushed, and uh, Marmot got a whole bunch of snow. So get up there and support them a little bit mm-hmm. if you can. And uh, I'm I'm all for it, man. I hope it snows another foot. <laughs> Are you going to be able to get out to Marmot or not? At some point. I mean, we got a home stand, and I'm on the road Monday, so yeah. I kind of miss my window of the all-star break but uh maybe we can if it snows like this we're gonna have to make another window kev (laughs) you're in a condo now you're not shoveling anymore no that's part of the reason why i got no problem with all this (laughs) snow (laughs) yeah what was i can't remember i think it was jed roberts talking about the old uh, eskimo jed roberts talking about uh, vancouver about not shoveling water out there something i can't remember how the line was but, uh, yeah, you don't have to shovel rain, that's yeah, for sure. He was a funny, well, he's still, he's a funny guy, old Jedi. But, uh, so, Speck, what are we making here of this Oilers team? Lost two on the weekend, and, uh, you know, we had Alan on, and I, I with Alan Mitchell earlier, and, you know, one thing he was saying, and, and you kind of got to take it into account in the sense that maybe there's a little bit of a bug going around this team. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins missed uh, the game against, uh, you know, the early game against Boston, wasn't feeling so, so hot. I think guys get run down, and I don't know, you know, it was three games in four nights. They had nothing. They had nothing on Saturday against Calgary. Well, certainly not for the first period. I think what gets you is is that they, you know, they come on and they give you two periods of hockey. Like, since the All-Star break, there's been a 40-minute hockey team. Mm-hmm. They haven't given you 60 minutes even, uh, maybe in Dallas. Let's say they gave you 60 minutes in Dallas for fun, but it's a 40-minute team, and... I think what gets you is if they played that way all night, you could say, yeah, you know, they just didn't have, they're not there, but they, they mail in the first period. They're down, you know, three, nothing to Calgary at one point. And then they're great in the second and pretty, you know, okay for a while. And, and they show you that it's there. They're just not uh, sort of applying it. So listen, everybody has their slumps. <clears throat> Edmonton's having one of theirs. They're four, five and one. That's not great. Uh, there's been a lot worse out there, you know, but it's time to get the brakes on this thing. Like Knobloch said, good, good teams mm-hmm. have these slumps, but good teams make them short. So it's probably time here with LA in tonight with the losing a back to back with what we've watched going on here. It's time to see 60 minutes tonight, win, lose, or draw. It's time to see 60 minutes tonight. You know, it's funny too, when you have a game like that in the first, and it could have been five, nothing could have been five, nothing for Calgary. Yeah. Um, but you see a guy like Zach Hyman and usually 
he's the first guy that pulls everybody into the fight. And he did that again, but it did, no one really followed, at, you know, yeah. quick, quickly enough, quick, quicker. So, I don't yeah. know, is that a concern? Well, it, it is. I mean, they showed some fight. There was some contact and some pushing and shoving and all that. But, yeah, they, you know, there was just a lot of guys that didn't, you're right, they didn't follow everybody into the fight. Listen, your leaders have to, this is the point where your leaders have to lead. And, you know, Connor's playing pretty good hockey. We're all looking at him and asking him to shoot a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's racking up assists. I mean, he's doing his part. He could be better defensively. There's no doubt about that. Leon Dreisaitl hadn't been very good. You know, forget mm-hmm. his points. Leon's given the puck away too much. He took an awful, awful penalty the other night for which he took full, you know, blame after the game. But his leadership needs to get going here. Leon needs to give guys something to follow. There's nothing to follow right now. Uh, This is the moment, you know. They need a new hero every night. They need Mm -hmm. some guys to step up. They need McLeod to have some presence whatsoever in a hockey game because he hasn't had any. They need Evander Kane to get something done here because he's been awfully silent for a while. So, you know what, it's time for guys to, to... flex their muscles, step up a little bit here. They need some help. Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Spector, I was reading some article. It was a question asked to Tampa coach John Cooper about when mm. when do you start to kind of get things going to ramp up for the playoffs, you know? And, and Tampa right now is a little different situation than where they were before in prior seasons, but he goes right about now. This is a, you know, right around the end of February into March is where we kind of fine-tune things and look at things a little differently uh can the oilers use some of that advice i guess yeah for sure this is you know you can't say they don't i mean it's saturday night it's calgary flames on a saturday night you don't need more to play for than that so they fell flat in their face on saturday coming out of the gates and that's just the way that's just a fact mm-hmm. you don't need more to play for than you got tonight la's caught you in the standings again you know you're you passed them now they're catching you and they're in your barn tonight and both teams know these are big, you know, this is important two points now. Mm-hmm. We're, what are they played? Have they played 53 games or something like 55 games? I don't even know where they're at. The Oilers are um, at 55, yeah. 55. So, yeah. you know, we're getting down to the last, we're approaching the last 25 games here. Mm-hmm. And you got the team that just caught you in your barn. This has got playoff connotations. I read that quote from John Cooper. He's a wise, wise cat. And this game isn't the same as playing L.A. in November. It's different now. And you should have the requisite energy and the requisite urgency mm-hmm. when the when the puck drops tonight for sure. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, we, we still are kind of deciding what kind of team this is still. And I, I think most people, most fans, most pundits kind of thought they had figured that out a little bit at that, you know. I'm not saying they're going to win 16 in a row, but they sort of figured out they were a little tighter defensively. But now, is it the team that was in the middle of that part of the season, or is it the team at the beginning, or the team right now, or is it a little bit of all three? Well, the, yeah, it's probably a little of all three. The, the thing that I want to, I would want to see, like, I thought this team proved it could play defensive hockey over about a two-and-a-half-month period. It really buckled down defensively and played a solid brand of hockey. That was very... I was very optimistic seeing that. Now, that's abandoned them since the All-Star break. They can't find that same defensive posture. You know, it should be said, this team's one of the least injured. They've lost the least man games or the second Mm -hmm. least man games in the league this year. They've had their guys. So 
you know, they've been fortunate. They, that that team that was rock solid, airtight defensively for two and a half months, they should be able to find that here over over this latest stretch. They've been looking for it for a long time. It's time to find it. Uh, that's the game. Like, listen, everyone's on Skinner. Skinner showed you how good he can be before behind a proper defensive team. Mm-hmm. There's not a goalie on earth that's going to get you out of the get you through this stretch the way the Oilers are playing defensively. I don't care who you trade for. You're not trading for Vasilevsky, right? When you play this way defensively, your goalies don't have a chance. So I've got no problem with Skinner when the team's playing well in front of him. Can he drag the Oilers to victories the way they're playing right now? No, he can't, and I don't know if anybody else could either. Yeah, some. I mean, some of the chances on Saturday night were just, I mean, those are higher than five bell chances the way they were yeah. uh, coming. Like, I mean, Noah Hannafin, that, holy smokes. I mean, and everyone, as I said, Speck, it's the old campfire defense, everyone standing around watching. So, <laughs> uh, yep. King, King's in town tonight uh, since the coaching change. They, LA had that one, it was a, what was it, 7 nothing in Buffalo or 7-1. Uh, Hanji Kopitar was minus six. It was just a total debacle. But other than that, uh, LA's uh, been pretty good under new new head coach Jimmy Hiller. Yeah, they've picked it up again. Like there's a better team there than the one that got Todd McCullen fired, mm-hmm. uh, as as we saw in Edmonton when Woody got fired. So, you know, I don't. When I look at LA before the trade deadline, I don't. They don't strike fear into my heart. I don't see a team where I go, "Oh man," you know. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. But they're having they're, their goaltending isn't the greatest. Uh, I don't love their offense. I don't think that I, I, the order should be able to, you know, like if it's a playoff series starting tonight, I'm betting Edmonton. Uh, now the trade deadline is going to come and some stuff's going to change, and now we'll reevaluate. But you know what? They're they're a decent team, LA. I'm not sure they've made the strides. Their big acquisition was Pierre Luc Dubois. I don't think he's helped very much. You know, they they traded out Corpusalo in goal. And they brought in Cam Talbot. And after a good start, I'm not so sure how much he's helped. So there are two big areas of need. They tried to upgrade. And at this point in the season, Kev, I'm not so sure they succeeded that well in that spot. If Eminem beat him the last two years, the team I'm looking at right now, they could beat again. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get a chance to watch a little bit of that Detroit-Chicago game? It was, you know, obviously a few storylines with Chelios and oh. Kane. Oh man, I'd have, wouldn't you have killed to be in that building last night? I <laughs> yeah. mean, there's, you know, there's a few games a year around the league that that are special, special games, and if you're blessed to be able to be in one of those buildings, like that's a game you'd for, you'd remember that night the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, they put Chelly's name up in the rafters. All the people were there, Gretz and Holly and you know Cindy Crawford and <laughs> all this stuff. It's Patrick Kane coming home, and what does he do? He scores. You know he's scoring on that breakaway. Yeah. They the, give him a standing ovation when the game's over. Hawks fans, too. Like, that was just a special, special, awesome night. I watched yeah. the highlights twice this morning <laughs> just to see it again. And, I, you know, I didn't watch the whole game. No. Uh, man, oh man! If I could transport back in time, that's a building I would have loved to have been in, huh? It would have been great. And I mean, you and I have been in the old stadium too. Uh, but when mm-hmm. the United Center is full, it's so. Ca- oh. I mean, you could fit you could fit the old uh, Chicago Stadium inside uh, yeah. United Center. That's how big it is and cavernous. But when that place gets rocking, it's it's not as loud as Chicago Stadium, but it's up there. Oh, it's a great building, and they're great. Chicago's a hell of a hockey town. I mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to cover all those Canuck uh, Chicago series. I covered a couple of well, all the Canuck, all the 
Blackhawk uh, Stanley Cup final. I, I've been in that building for. I've been really lucky. Been in that building for a lot of big playoff games that really mattered. And mm-hmm. I, I tell you right now, there's not a building, you know, in the league that does a better, that puts on a better show and has a better crowd and and creates a better vibe. Starting right off the top with Big Jim Cornelison <laughs> singing that anthem, man. He sets the table, and then the, you know, it just goes from there. All you Oilers fans out there. Chicago is one of the great towns on the circuit. It's a beautiful, beautiful city to go to. Their building's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that original six sweater live and in person is still one of the most beautiful jerseys in hockey. Uh, get yourself down to Chi-Town to watch a hockey game, see some blues, man. Take yeah. my recommendation. Well, <laughs> what's, our favorite, uh, what's our favorite haunt? Yeah. It's K- Kingston old, Mines. Uh, Kingston Mines. Yeah. yeah, I like there's a little blues bar on Clark we like. It's just a great city. Tons of character. Beautiful place. Get there in the spring. You can see the Cubs play. I mean, yes. What more is there better in life than that, buddy? <laughs> uh, one last <laughs> one for you, Spec. One last one for you. Yesterday, in 1977, the movie Slapshot premiered. Yes. So I've been lucky enough over the years to do several events with the Hanson Brothers, with uh, Denny Lemieux, Dave Killer Carlson. <laughs> Johnny trade Upton. Me right now. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Johnny. Trade me right now. Yeah. Trade me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Upton. Um, there's a few other guys that I've done, uh, and a lot of them were in Hinton. But have you got a, a special or a favorite character? You know, besides obviously, you know, people say the Hansons or, you know, obviously and, uh, Paul Newman or whatever. Have you got a <laughs> one of your favorite characters from the movie? Who would it be? Well, what does it say about me if my favorite character is mole? Yeah, I knew you, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Does yeah. that does that make me a bad person? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was I had it between mole and probably Dave Killer Carlson, whose uh, whose real name was Jerry Hauser. And uh, okay. I actually had a couple okay. good conversations with him over the years. We're going to try to get him on the show. <laughs> he was in an old Ben Matlock uh, episode, if you can believe that. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. We talked about that. And he goes, well, how He goes, how would you know that? And I'm going, hey, man, I've seen every Matlock episode there is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I saw that uh, Dr. Hook, was it Tim McCracken died the other day? Yeah, Tim Dr. Hook McCracken. Yeah. So you know what? That's where we're going with this thing. These guys yeah. are getting older, but what a what a movie! What a you know, some guy in Hollywood made that movie and didn't realize that he was going to capture every Canadian kid mm-hmm. and and every Canadian hockey team for the next forty years. Right? There isn't a junior bus in Canada that hasn't aired that that movie about five thousand times. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't think they had any idea what they were creating back in 1977 when Paul Newman figured out how to skate <laughs> and uh, out they went. Uh, written by a woman, Nancy Dowd, and uh, her brother uh, is in the movie and he's the guy that plays Oglethorpe, I believe. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Nancy plays Dowd. Yeah, Nancy Dowd wrote, wrote the movie. So from a wow, woman. Well, her, going, her, yeah, her brother played in the old, you know, back in, well, it wasn't the East Coast League. It was another name for it. But uh, he she he played back, told her all the stories, like, and she'd go, this is a movie, man. So It's a movie. Listen, when I get a chance, guys like Greg Pilling, oh, yeah. he coached in that league, right? Yeah. Pill coached in that league. <laughs> uh, guys like Reggie Lemelin played in, in the same type of league with the old Philadelphia Firebirds. Yeah. 
there's so, lots, lots, but uh, there's a diminishing amount of guys left that can tell those stories, Kev. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when I get a chance to sit, you know, Tommy Reed oh. from uh, from Minnesota, yep. we had a couple laughs with him the other day. The stories he tells from playing back in the day, like when you can get those guys on radio, Tommy McVie, all those oh. guys there. Pure gold, man. Any any of our listeners who love a hockey story and the old tales from the old days, those guys are pure gold. Well, even like with Bill the other day, we were talking about him. And Alan Hamilton came in, and they were talking about the old days in, in the 60s when they played uh, the uh, Barry. I can't remember now. Maybe it's not Barry. Oil Kings played him, and Derek Sanderson, he suckered Bobby Falkenberg. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Sanderson was going off the ice, and someone pilling pushed him into this little room underneath in the old gardens, and then they yeah. kicked the snot out of him in there. Sanderson he thought he was never coming out. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we did it back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Speck, thanks for this big guy. We'll see you down at the rink. All right, Kev. That's Mark Spector on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Yes, today, sorry, yesterday, Slapshot premiered in 1977 duke have you got a favorite character hey if you uh, one of our if you're listeners uh, 1833-401-1440 send us a note uh, a couple guys already loved ogie well i think he's trying <laughs> to say olaf sunt i think, I think. O- ogie o- oglethorpe yeah um jordy says they should send a copy of slapshot out into space so when the aliens view it they might think twice before invading us <laughs> um you how many times have you watched it duke couple three oh, oh no more, more like it's it's a classic for like the bus trips right uh, to to hockey tournaments even like playing senior hockey that uh, that one year back home mm-hmm. on the farm like almost at least probably twice a season uh take that in on you know a lot of long rides to provost and irma so yeah. um i like you said if you if you steer away from the the chalk picks of 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 course uh reg and and the handsome brother stuff i i like the goalie like i like danny Denny lemieux danny, he's it's funny so so this is a true story we went up to hinton and danny lemieux comes up and this was the it was called challenge in the rockies so i think and struds has been up and uh chris joe came up dave Semenko, uh dave lumley over the years and these we would have a game we'd play a game against the coaches that were playing and Denny Lemieux is in goal for one of the teams, uh, the coach's team, but he's just out there. He's, he's 60, 70 years old. This is a number of years back. And some guy in warm-up, like he's just standing in net trying to kind of get the crowd going. He does, he's got pads on and he had the mitts on, but he didn't have anything else on. Some guy in warm-up rifles one off his shoulder and down goes Denny. And Denny Lemieux, uh, Yvonne Barrett is his real name. Yvonne Barrett. So he's down, and now he's got to get helped off the ice. It's just a total, total debacle of monumental uh, proportions. Uh, IMAC goes, they brought their toys. Yes. Doug gloves. Oh, yeah, it's Ogie Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe. When we come back, we'll have some sound from... Uh, Patrick Kane, after a big win yesterday in Chicago, his homecoming, Detroit 3-2 over the Blackhawks. They raised the banner for Chris Chalios, but uh, Patrick Kane stole the thunder. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with Brandon Douglas, the Duke of Delburn. That's a, I like that song, too. It's just, you know, 
it's not as good as uh, what's the Friday is the weekend here yet? What's that one? That's uh, George, like George uh, Jones. Yeah, finally Friday. Yeah, you know that's a great one. There's a lot of, I mean, naturally so and understandably so. There's a lot more uh, Friday songs than there are Monday, Monday songs. songs. And uh, with the weather around here, yeah, again, stay safe if you're driving around. If you're, I guess your kids are probably off to school. I bet there were probably some cancellations, I would imagine, around with buses and things like that. This Did morning. they cancel uh, school in the city? Well, like weather, weather-wise, because like back, like in Delburn, if the bus, if minus forty buses don't start, free day, stay. Yeah. But here, you know what? Once I got, we my still li- walk to school. When dude. I got my license, like so, by the time I was sixteen on, like the last three years of high yeah. school, snow day, I'm going to school, driving, driving in, trekking it in in the uh, my Lincoln Town. You're cars. the only guy there. That's yeah. So you go in, maybe you and some of the town kids, which uh, a couple of my buddies were townies. And so we'd have the place to ourselves. You just go in the gym and like shoot hoops, maybe snap some floor hockey balls around because it's a lot better than staying home on the farm when it's minus 40 outside yeah. and well, going yeah, out op- work. opening gates or, or uh, mm-hmm. bed and pens, whatever. So I, I would just tell dad, yeah, really, I got some things I can catch up on. I'm going to go into school today. <laughs> and ba- back in my high school days, I was quite the academic. So it was, it was borderline believable. Dylan says there are no snow days in Edmonton for schools. Uh, we were talking about Slapshot premiering yesterday in 1977. Lee texts in and says, we talked my aunt into taking us to see it in the theater in Fort Mac when it was just released. We thought it was a hockey movie. I was eight. <laughs> we didn't get half the stuff, but my aunt sure did. And then he's got the crying emojis or whatever. You know, a lot of people even, we've had guests in here and we've talked about Slapshot many times before. And... One of the things that they always talk about, well, should I have my kid watch it at 14, 13, 15, 12? They're unsure about it. And these are hockey people because they, they're hockey dads, hockey whatever. And they're unsure exactly where, where I guess, and what age that kids should be watching it. There's a few swear words in there. A couple other things, some violence. Um, Last night in the NHL, Detroit beat Chicago 3-2. Patrick Kane scored the game winner on a breakaway on Chris Chalios' night. After the game, Kane had these comments. Um, Weird being on the other side. (laughs) Obviously, uh, you play a lot of games in this league, and it's just... You know, weird going the other way, uh, different things like that, um, being on the away bench, coming into this room. Um, but I don't think we had our best as a team tonight, but we still found a way. You know, huge goal by Debrinka to uh, to get it to 2-2. And then um, just uh, I was behind the play there in overtime and uh, saw we had the puck, so tried to take off. And uh, good feeling getting that breakaway. I think you know the... Um, the feeling of the moment when you get that puck, but um, just try to uh, stick with what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, luckily enough, so I'm so going to... How about the ovation that the fans gave you after yeah. the video? Yeah, it's just so special. I mean, um, I guess you don't expect anything anything less from the Blackhawks with the tribute. And, um, you know, didn't know if I did enough laps or too many laps there, but uh, um, the guys kept telling me to, to go for another one, go for another one, so some of them wanted to see four, I only did three, but um, it was, um, you know, it was great to, uh, to show that moment. What were your thoughts about Chris 
pointing you out, giving you the accolades he did. Yeah, that was that was a nice touch too. I mean, uh, probably forgot about me when he went through the four guys up in the crowd. But, um, no, I mean that's. I don't think you expect anything less from him too. You know, he's he's a classy guy and he's been a great friend to me for a long time. Patrick, Chris said you'll get used to wearing the jersey. Are you feeling like you are? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. I mean, there's nothing but positive feelings and emotions being here and um, you know really enjoyed my time here I think the group's been great the coaching staff everyone just giving me the chance to come in here and fit in and find my game and uh, um, really really happy I picked Detroit. Do you thought you would uh, to bring it to connect on UC Ice again yeah. considering the way you guys play? Yeah it feels great it feels, it feels awesome to have him part of it too and um, you know he's, a, he's just a special kid special player um, so I know he's happy to be here in Detroit as well, and um, trying to find and uh, find some happiness. I think definitely helps you uh, you play better on the ice. But um, he was, uh, you know, I was getting a little frustrated today. He was keeping me positive the whole time. So he's, uh, he's like, uh, I guess, the big brother to me here now. That's Chicago Blackhawks, former Blackhawks, current Detroit Red Wings uh, forward, uh, Patrick Kane, as Kane scored the overtime winner, 142 in overtime in his return to Chicago. Uh, Blackhawks and Detroit Red Wings and uh, Chris Chelios night. The, the Wings come out with a 3-2 win. 16, what was it, how many, uh, 16 NHL seasons in Chicago for Kane. Three Stanley Cups, 2010, 2013, 2015. Was traded to the Rangers you know what, almost a year ago, uh, a year ago, it's coming up on February 28th of uh, last year when he was traded, had the uh, hip resurfacing surgery, comes back, uh, misses, uh, you know, the beginning of the year, signs with Detroit, and now all of a sudden the Red Wings are on a bit of a roll, bit of a roll, winners of five in a row. They've got 70 points, the Red Wings. They've got two games in hand on Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay with 69 points. Uh, Wings have the number one wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. Tampa Bay number two. And right now, there's, you know, Tampa starting to come on a little bit, even though, you know, they're missing Sergachev. There's some separation. There's some separation starting between teams like the Devils, the Capitals, Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh won last night. Penguins have five games in hand on Tampa Bay, but they're nine points back. Islanders kind of hanging around, but boy, this next week, 10 days, so crucial for those teams before the All-Star break to, to, to decide what are we doing here? What's What are we doing? Who are we giving up? Who are we trading? But uh, Toronto right now, seven-game winning streak. The Leafs have 74 points, six back of Florida. Boston with that overtime uh, loss, I guess you could say. Well, last two overtime losses. Bruins get four points on that trip in uh, Western Canada, win in overtime here, lose in overtime in Calgary, lose in overtime in Vancouver. So they've got a couple of overtime losses. Boston, 3-3-4 three, three, in the last 10, 81 points, one ahead of Florida. Text coming in, one 1440 Ricky in the donut says, hey, just to be different, how about Racky in Youngblood? He was played by a local Ontario junior player, George Finn. Yes, George Finn had a beard in grade nine. <laughs> he was, uh, what, playing junior against uh, oh, Rob Lowe. Uh, what was the guy's name? Derek is real. The ice on the name, Patrick Swayze, but Derek something. Uh that's not a bad movie. I enjoyed that. Didn't like the timelines on it a little bit, but it was it was okay. It was a good good hockey movie. We never had any hockey movies. 
never had any back then, you know, just slap shot. And then young blood came along and, you know, yes, there were some other ones with the 1980 Olympic team and things like that, but not a whole lot of hockey movies. When we come back, it's a uh, time to go in or out. And it's going to be just the Duke and I today at nine o'clock. Just confirmed Boris Rabulka. They had a big night for Boris in Camrose on Saturday night. Boris, uh, 25 plus years with the Kodiaks led them to national championships fostered mentored so many players going through there uh, they recognized Boris in Camrose on Saturday night uh, we'll talk with uh, Bo when we uh, come back at 9 o'clock and then at 9.20 we've got uh, sorry 9.20 Arash Madani from Rogers Sportsnet Selena Sturme at 9.40 Lorianne Munzer at 10 and then Jimmy Fox at 10.20 when we come back are you in or are you out with the Duke it's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 stay with us is that the best song that they've got Duke I really like that one if you have to vote, you're going to say that's number one for the Great Cup boys. Mm, I don't know. I'm maybe, probably going to that one. Maybe Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah. Nah, I'm taking this one. I, also, I American Idiot. I really like yeah. that one, too. They're, they're just great. The slow song. What's this, the the one they had for the Seinfeld thing, the time of your life or whatever yeah. at the end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? When they had that at the very end there, and I had they had all those pictures, that was a, that was a neat kind of montage for Seinfeld at the end there. Yeah, it's funny because like I'm going through my annual rewatch and I'm creeping up on the end here, and then I think I'm going to restart Curb and okay. then have that culminate with, of course, the new and final season uh, out now. So. Quick sidebar, Duke. So at the in-laws yesterday, the mother mother-in-law's birthday. Happy birthday, Sandra! So I've been trying to get. Old Man Baker on Curb Your Enthusiasm for years. He's never, ever wanted to watch it. So I, he flicks on, and we're talking about last Sunday, so eight days ago's episode, with uh, when he's sitting on the park bench, or not the, well, the bench at the, at the driving range. He watched the five minutes, and he went, this is unbelievable. I can't wait. I'm going to start watching this tomorrow. So he's going to get in on it. So time now for Are You In or Are You Out? Play well and oh. yeah, or or Patrick Kane, more Patrick, more Patrick Kane. Okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line: Are you in or are you out? In or out of what? No time for questions, just action. In or out? Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I thought you would go. I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing. <laughs> All right, just reading a few quick texts here. I just got to get to this one. I won't put the uh, swear word in from Montana to Rice. Hey, guys, can you remind people to turn on their lights when driving today? Yeah, when you're driving around, turn your lights on. It's a little, little nutso out there. I was, uh, I was going to have some <laughs> sort of reference to the, the recent dump of snow uh, in, in or out, but I don't, I wasn't confident being able to do so while remaining even semi-positive mm-hmm. what it got pretty ugly because uh even my between my drive home last night and my drive which is a matter of a few blocks down the road to get here to the studio this morning oh, i was close now. at my wits end basically really like there's still two lanes there 
just because there's a little bit of snow on it doesn't mean that you drive right I down know, the middle. I know, I know. Through the construction area. Oh, my. Just drive me nuts. But we'll save that for another day, uh, maybe when we get uh, Laddie in here to oh, talk about it. You imagine him being in here th- uh, today? His love for uh, for the oh. Canadian drivers. But let's uh, loop back to the Oilers uh, losing Saturday night to their rival Calgary Flames. Zach coming at a pair of goals, but over the course of the game, I actually thought Dylan Holloway was the Oilers' best mm. player in the loss to Calgary. I'm out on this one. I think, obviously, Hyman with the two goals it was the best player. Um, also, Matthias Janmark, I thought, was a little bit better than Holloway. Um, Holloway didn't see, again, didn't see a whole ton of ice in the big picture. Only played, you know, 736, seven and a half minutes. That's not a whole ton of ice. But here's what I'm saying. and I, I'm so pulling for Dylan Holloway to get over this hump. And I've addressed this for weeks now, Duke. You can attest to that. From that 2020 draft class, there are so many guys that have taken their opportunity, taken the ball and run with it. Dylan Holloway has been given some opportunities here. But now he had a good game against Calgary. Not, I mean, it's a 6-3 loss, so you have to take that in, into consideration. He has to take what he did and build on it and continue to push and to make Chris Knobloch go you know what? I'm going to throw you up on the second line again. I'm going to throw you up there again. I did so against St. Louis. It lasted two periods, but now it's up to Holloway to seize the opportunity and make the most of it. But I'll say he was probably third or fourth. I thought even Matthias Ekholm in a poorly played defensive game was okay. And I thought that's where I would rank those guys in that sense. But you have them up there, Duke? Yeah, every every name you listed was deserving, but I just like I said, what was very limited opportunity when Holloway was on the ice, he was noticeable in a positive manner. I think almost every time I saw his number up across the screen, uh, in on mm-hmm. the forecheck, using his speed, um, trying to play a little bit physical down below the goal line. And like I said, doesn't really come away with much to show for it, obviously in terms of uh, points or production, and I said under eight minutes of ice time. Yeah. But I, I just thought he was very good in what was not a very good game for this team as a whole. We've talked about it um, pretty extensively already this morning with low tide, with spec, uh, and even between the two of us, Kev, that like it was just not a pretty game and not one they deserved to win. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was bad, and I hate to throw this type of uh, sentiment even out there, but it was not a good game for the Oilers' best players, especially the likes of Leon Dreisel and Connor McDavid, which you've also already touched on this morning. They'll be better. So, They'll be better tonight. We, we know that, yeah. right? We we know that those top guys will return to being top guys. Everybody's uh, afforded the opportunity to an off night. It's unfortunate when several of them yes. overlap on top of each other. Uh, number two, as of today here, creeping up on the end of February, February 26th, today's date, Ken Holland's trade deadline plans are different than they were a month ago. I'll be out on this because I think a, a GM and a good GM stays the course no matter if you are, whatever your plan is. Right now, every GM has a plan, has a master plan. In Philadelphia, they have a plan. And even though that they're in a playoff spot right now, that plan might not be to add right now at the deadline. Ken Holland's, his plan has to be the same as it was two, three weeks ago, month ago. They are in a position right now with the roster makeup that they have where they have to go on a playoff run that is equal to what it was a couple of years ago. They have to get to where they have an opportunity to make some damage, make some noise in the playoffs. So his his plans would be the same right now as they were even though 
that they've gone in a bit of a funk here in the last 10 days or so. So I'm out on that one, Duke. I don't, I, I, I want, like I said, the reason I didn't include the snow question is I'm trying to avoid being <laughs> negative here on a Monday morning, but we, we know how good Stuart Skinner can be, but it's a matter of extended periods. And if it's going to show up at the right time and Cal Pickard has not done anything like it, it's not like he was bad on, on Friday night. Um, it, it, well, you know, it wasn't the best we've seen him by any stretch of the, uh, over the course of, you know, since he took over backup duties. And but we don't really know what the Jack Campbell situation is going to become. Like I'm thinking long term playoff time here, right? So yep. I don't know if they maybe revisit the backup goalie situation because a month ago that had been completely removed from um, I think the topic of conversation in terms of what the Oilers might go after uh, approaching the start of March. But but I, again, I'm going with his plan. It's the yeah. same. You have to be constant. If you start going and pressing a panic button here and going, oh, just because this happened in the last couple of games, you're going to be in big trouble as a GM big trouble like that look at the start of the year he's everyone's calling for heads man they're we need goaltending we need this we need that he stayed the course so they they worked their way out of it and that's going to happen again here i i agree with that a hundred percent that you you cannot let you know a matter of uh, a three game stretch a five game stretch here we are now 11 or 10 games post all-star break you can't let that dictate things but you still have to I don't know, read and react a little bit because at a certain point you can't make any more moves. You you do have to go with what you got. So I think probably, you know, defenseman, uh, probably a depth one for sure. See what's out there for maybe a top four market forward, uh, both depth. Once again, what's out there for a top six. But I do think that maybe the backup goalie situation has started to at least creep up on the list of priorities a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, just based on the last 10 or so games. We'll see what happens these next two games as well. We, well we, this week, really. This week, I think, yeah. will be very, uh, very telling. Uh, number three, going back to Saturday afternoon between Ooh. the Rangers and the Flyers, we saw a true heavyweight battle between the new upstart, former Spruce Grove Saint, Matt Rempe, four fights in just five <laughs> games of NHL action. But uh, up against Nick Deloye, a guy who is six inches smaller than Matt Rempe, but I think a veteran... Uh, presence and experience kind of showed through there because it's pretty rare that you can see a guy that much smaller really hold their own uh, against a guy who's experienced in fighting as well. But the the long way around is saying that I think Nick Delorier is mm-hmm. the premier heavyweight currently active in yeah, the NHL. I, I, I'm in on this one. I mean, he... He strikes fear in guys, and I think, you know what, Rempe's making a name for himself very quickly here, but he's, again, such a bigger guy and just starting out. Delorey's been around a lot more, a little wiser, and takes on all comers and is a big part of Philadelphia's success in the sense that players play bigger when he's on the ice and when he's on the bench. So I, I, I think he's probably number one. There's some up-and-comers, and Rempe's one of them, and he's not he's he's willing to go with anybody right he now. T- he so. took a pretty good lick in yesterday. Yeah. Um, Col- was, uh, Columbus. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Olivier? Yes. Matthew Olivier, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Number four, Scotty Sermon Hart's wrapping up uh, in Calgary. It was a terrific uh, week plus of curling down there. We saw Alberta Selena Sturme, who's going to join the program. Coming up next hour, uh, have a great week. Came up short in the playoffs. But Rachel Holman taking home her fourth title as a skip. First one in seven years, though, for Holman. But uh, kind of a bit of a passing of the torch because we saw Jennifer Jones dominate this tournament for almost two full decades, racking up six titles. But if we consider that Rachel Holman is a part of the next generation, I'm saying she is the best female curler of the current age group. Are we just talking Canada? No. Oh, okay. 
That's an interesting question. There, there yeah. are some great international yeah. ones out there, but I think sustained success and... I don't know. Obviously, we see the most of our Canadians yes. until we get to the worlds, and yeah. we see more Europeans on the on the tour now. But you know uh, what? This will be a good question to ask Selena Sturmey right now. I so think it would be when she comes on at uh, nine forty. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm in on this. Just uh, she curled so well, and I mean, when you're tying records of your own of your performance, I think she was ninety percent curling, and yeah. uh, that tied the record from what she had set previously. Curling on another level right now, and uh, it was fun to watch her last night. And out of all, you know, when you watch women's curling, and a lot of people, the, the only thing that they say they can't do like the men, and for a good reason, is they can't throw the up weight. Well, right, uh, Holman slides out of the hack. She, that one double run back, she, she that was some, that was concession counterweight Duke. She yeah. threw some yoke on the, smoke on the yoke on that one. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm in on this one. I believe, yes, she is the best yeah. female curler of the current generation. Yeah, I think you put it really well. Her ability to throw the up weight is kind of, it's not unrivaled because there are a few other ladies out there that can do it, but she does it so well and so consistently that it's like, it, it, when you're comparing the men's game to the women's, that's kind of where the, the difference is. But she can throw heat with the best of them. And, and that's, you know, biased opinion. That's my favorite type of curling, some uh, some big takeouts and, and throwing that up weight. So I love yeah. to see it. And she's uh, she's one of my favorites to watch on a year-to-year basis. And, I mean, hey, you know, everything we saw from her, like winning with, well, pregnant with twins and all this stuff over yep. the years, like she, she's really, really impressed across the board. Finally... Like I said, kept it away from the weather and the traffic out there today. Uh, Levi Strauss, the founder of the first manufacturer of blue jeans as we now know them today, Levi Denim. There's a store right here in West Edmonton Mall. Uh, he was born on this day in 1829. That seems like a long, long time ago, Kev. Oh, Just yeah. about a couple hundred years already. Um, but I'm saying, you know what, take it for versatility, different situations you can wear them, comfortability, all things considered. There is nothing better to put on than a crisp pair of blue jeans. Okay, so this is a tougher question for me because I thought you were going to say Wranglers, being you know, you know. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I love Wranglers too, but actually, they're not my most common worn pair of jeans. Your Levi's? No, no, uh, 20x. I wear a lot of 20x. Um, some <laughs> uh, cinch jeans. Uh, they're kind of a little bit newer. So I used to wear nothing but the Buttonfly Levi's. That's all I oh, had. Oh yeah, but. You know, you get a little older, and depending, and the other thing too, they changed all kinds. You know, they had the relaxed fit, the wide leg, the other. You know, they changed a lot of things over the years. Now, I have to be honest. I I'm almost exclusive, totally exclusive to where there's got to be some more stretchy into the pants. And I think they've come a long way with this uh, different types. Like you go, you go into down the mall floor here and go dip into Lamley's. And uh, see my buddy Roland in there. The, the, <laughs> the options, your you, buddy Roland. The uh, the options you can get for jeans these days, it's like wide. You, you like wide variety. Mm-hmm. You can get, you can get like I said, ones that fit like as if you're getting them from uh, some trendy trendy uh, fashion wear store. Do you go in there and talk to Roland and ask him for the 34 inch waist thing so you can sew them onto the 36s like Seinfeld? <laughs> like yeah, just scratch it out, <laughs> scratch it out. No, I'm uh, I'm thankfully even as I've uh, you know. Gotten a little uh, more sizable as I've advanced. Your waist in age. is the same. My waist is the same size, yeah. Hmm. And believe it or not, my legs are the same length too. I'm, st- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for one last growth spurt here. Yeah. Maybe give another kick at my uh, semi-pro hockey career, but unfortunately, I think I'm stuck with what I got. 
Yeah, it's the, it's bad when it gets when you're you're getting bigger in the backside, smaller in the crotch, Duke. That's that's bad news, man. <laughs> <laughs> my inseam's getting shorter. What's with this? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, what's going on? Uh, that's some good ones for a Monday, Duke. Good I, stuff. I, I've taken heat on Fantasy Frenzy before, but my take on wearing jeans, like they are what I'm most comfortable in. And I get not everybody's that way, but like when I get home from work, I'm not like shaking them off and putting mm-hmm. on a pair of sweats or so like I wear my jeans from the time I get out of the shower until I'm crawling into bed at night. Quick sidebar, uh, and I told you this, I'm going to try to find this picture. I took it of Jason Strudwick. Uh Several years ago, uh, was at a Golden Bears hockey game. They brought the kids out after the intermission or for the intermission after the first period. Struds was there coaching the kids, and he comes out with a tight pair of blue jeans on. That's what he was wearing. I don't even think he had gloves on like or anything like that. Tight pair of blue jeans, skates, and a tight jacket, and it was just... People were going... They It was like they were looking away. It was like an accident, but they were looking away in the stands. Oof, tough one for Struddy. I'll try to find that picture, see if we can throw it out there. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, Boris Rabalka, long time. Uh, Camrose Kodiak, coach, GM, everything, bottle washer, cook, the whole bit. He'll guess with us at 9 o'clock. They had a, a ceremony for him to recognize all the great years that he's put in for the Kodiaks on the weekend in Camrose. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by... Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts and treatments were designed just for you. And keep in mind, every Tuesday and Wednesday, so tomorrow and Wednesday, you can get a $30 haircut when you come in to any of the locations and just mention, hey, Sports 1440. That's all you got to say. Sports 1440. That's only at TommyGuns.com. Here's the Duke.